That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. up everyone welcome to another edition of jay bird watching i am your host this evening my name is adam corsair and i'm joined by my fellow co-host mr craig borden and mr brendan pentecar and you listener got to hear our new theme song so we hope you enjoy it if you did enjoy it leave us some feedback because uh, we're really excited to bring it to you but guys how are we tonight doing wonderful come on (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You hit the sarcasm in my voice. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. So exactly. Um, on the note of you uh, mentioning the whole music thing, we are having a little joint venture here with Jaybird watching, and one of my friends who happens to be a stellar musician, and uh, his name's Thomas R- Thomas Richards, and this is the Psycho Moon Project, is what you were just listening to. You can find him on Spotify, iTunes, all those good, wonderful places, if you would like to adventure more into his catalog. But he's um, been kind enough to join the you know, podcast here as far as musically goes, and we'll have some fun with it. You get to hear some new stuff week to week and go from there. Awesome. Well, we appreciate his um, contributions to the podcast and, you know, anything to to sort of make and improve what we're doing. And certainly the music does that. Everyone loves music and it gives us some sort of identity more than so that what we already established. It makes us a little bit more unique. So props, uh, props, props all around. So um, <laughs> we, we appreciate it. Um, so, look, guys, the big story of the day, we are recording this is Wednesday, right? <laughs> I lost track. Um, I have no idea anymore. Bang head the, on task. <laughs> the twenty eighth, right? Um, of October, everything's in disarray. Um, but the biggest thing is that there is no more baseball. Baseball ended last night, and I called the guys Dodgers and six. Called uh, it. Dodgers won. Start throwing at the camera. Yeah, <laughs> you know how we had that picks to click. That should be like that should elevate you to the top. The ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> Told you. Um. Yeah, Here, World Series on the back. Yeah, there you Why go. aren't you in Vegas from the, uh, making us some money for the show and herself? <laughs> well, yeah, hey, I now. could have done that, but look, it you couldn't have written how this was lost. And that's sort of what I wanted to start with because Ugh. 
look, we've talked about uh, the whole analytics versus intuition aspect of managing a baseball game. Uh, we all saw what happened during the Blue Jays postseason run, those two games. Um, we saw it with Matt Shoemaker and his, uh, you know, yanking out of the game a little too early for our comfort. Um, and I think now, even though we, we did that against the Tampa Bay Rays, I think now the Tampa Bay Rays could really understand our, our sort of questioning of the decision, especially with what went down last night. So, look, to paint the picture, the Dodgers are the World Series champions thanks to World Series MVP Kevin Cash. Um, I just <laughs> want to say, you know, the win demonstrated to me that we can't always rely on analytics. We can't always rely on that. We have to trust our gut. We have to trust our intuition. This was illustrated last night by pulling Blake Snell out of the sixth inning with only one on and one out. Um, it brought on the collapse, and this is pretty much when the wind was set out of the sails and the Dodgers just sort of ran away with it. Um, we talked about how this was actually successful for the Rays when we uh, did the sort of juxtaposition of what the Blue Jays were doing and the Rays were doing because the Rays have been largely utilizing that. We talked about how they had a different lineup pretty much or every game during that 60-game season. Um, they were successful with it, and apparently during the most pivotal game of the year, it bit them in the ass. So, Brendan, we'll start with you. Do you think this will cause some sort of shift and mentality on relying that heavily on analytics moving forward, specifically with the Blue Jays? Or do you think they're so stubborn and that you rely on the analytics so much that, yes, they're not foolproof, but they're mostly right most of the time? Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of scared that the Blue Jays will continue to be stubborn and go by what is spit out of a computer, whether that's lineup-wise, pitching decision-wise, or anything. I think they can be used to inform decisions, and this is what we said uh, with the whole Matt Shoemaker-Robbie Ray payback thing. Uh, Shoemaker went out there and absolutely was dealing, and so was Blake Snell last night. Snell obviously going much deeper than Shoemaker did, but like, just don't be so rigid uh, in everything. Like, I think Snell was only at like 75, 78 pitches, uh, yeah, yeah. NBA pitches only gave up two hits. Uh, very few base runners. They were all very low leverage, low stress pitches that he was throwing. So he easily could have gone 100, 110, maybe even 115 because the Rays needed to save their season and win. And we would have had a game seven tonight. Um, I do think that this may be because a lot of the players uh, you saw on Twitter did not agree or like the decision that Kevin Cash had made. I can see this becoming a little bit of a, a rift in organizations where maybe players will stand up for themselves a little bit more and be like, no, I'm not coming out of the ballgame. Or why can't you just bat me third? This is where I batted my entire career or all the way through the minors. Uh, or this is my position. Uh, or this is where I like playing on the field. There's so many different ways that analytics have shaped baseball. And I'd be pissed off if I was Blake Snell. You could see his reaction when Kevin Cash went to come get him. I'd be questioning if I want to stay with the Rays long term and maybe request a trade because it's like, look, I'm your ace. You shot me out there on opening day. You've tasked me with some of the biggest games the last few years that the Rays have had, and you're going to pull me when I've been dealing in a sixth inning in a game that we're winning and need to win to have a chance to win the World Series would have been tonight. So. Yeah, I, th I hope that teams learn a little bit more. I hope that teams aren't so rigid in their decision-making, a little bit more fluid, because like we said with Shoemaker, it could just be your day. You could be going out there throwing a no-hitter. You're not going to take a guy off for throwing a no-hitter. What's the difference for a guy who's given up two hits through six innings? I think it was ridiculous. And I do hope that 
the Rays have learned their lesson, and it kind of has sent shockwaves to players to speak up a little bit more if they feel like they should be kept in a ball game or do what has made them a big leaguer in the first place. Yeah. Can I point out the fact on the obviously I agree that Snell should have been in. The guy's won a Cy Young award two years ago, right? Yeah. Oh, Why yeah. the hell is this even a question? That's the same thing as if you were going, you know what, let's just take Roy Holiday out of the game today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just don't understand why you would do this. It's the same thing with the Matt Shoemaker thing, and we're going back to that. But it's, this is where the game has went recently. It's slightly ridiculous. But then here's the fun part that at least I think is just obscene. You know, you bring in Nick Nick Robinson, right? Or no, Nick, Nick Anderson. Anderson, yeah. yeah. He's been terrible. Fuck was Nick Anderson before this year? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to be harsh or horrible or anything like that, but he's had a stellar year, but the guy is, he's the one that started off in um, independent league baseball. It just happened to break onto the roster. If I remember the story, correct. I believe that was what they were saying during the blue Jays series. I can't remember, but that's the same weird, like 0.00001% chance of making it to major league baseball. He earned it flat out. You know, obviously the guy's stellar, but you're taking a guy that has been literally one of the best pitchers in baseball over the last five years for a guy that literally has been a wild card in this season. I just don't think that was the right situation to even put him in. You know, he's never pitched in the in anything like this. I know Snell hadn't either, but in all reality, in high leverage out situations, you got to think that Snell had had more of those innings, at least in Major League Baseball. So if you're looking at numbers, how did that number not come up? I get it to the point that, okay, they thought that Nick Anderson was the right guy to have out in that situation. But having Blake Snell pulled out of any game with only 78 pitches, and at that point hadn't really had had any stress on him in that game, it was slightly ridiculous to watch him come out of that game. Yeah, and, and then and the hamster fell off the wheel and died and was buried six feet under him very, <laughs> very shortly after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, it, it's not like this guy was having – I'm talking about Anderson. He wasn't really having that great of a postseason. This wasn't someone that was, like, lighting up the radar gun. Maybe against the Jays, he he pitched two games there. But, you know, and, and you could say New York. But I'm looking at the ALCS against Houston. He had an 8.31 ERA. And against uh, you know the Dodgers, albeit just he, – he pitched, what, three games? A 9 ERA, a 9.00 ERA. It's not that great. And, you know, you – I understand that when a, an algorithm tells you, hey, most of the time with the third time through the lineup, Blake Snell sort of gives up or, or the, the hitters catch on to him. I don't know. This is a do or die game. If, as proven last night, you lose this game, you're out. And it's not just any game. You know, you can swallow the fact if it was a wild card game with the Blue Jays. Like, OK, even though it was still game one in that situation, we're talking about Shoemaker. The Blue Jays lose a pivotal game two and get eliminated. You're thinking like we were. We're just happy to be here or whatever. Like it, we got slaughtered game two. It was just fun to watch. Um, but this is the World Series. This is yeah. the World fucking Series. You might not get back there. You, there's a good chance that you might not get back there because, hello, there are other teams around you that are also getting better. And not just that. I know we're going to get into this whole the revenue loss with the with the MLB, but you got to believe that Tampa Bay is one of those teams that lost a good chunk of revenue from all those fans that don't show up the ballpark anyway. But, <laughs> you know, 
there are teams that are going to be in prime position whether to succeed or not based on revenue alone. And I can't imagine that the Tampa Bay Rays, despite going to the World Series, are going to be one of those teams that can financially thrive as a result of the pandemic. So that being said, going back to Blake Snell, you keep your ace in. You keep arguably the best pitcher in baseball today, even outside of the World Series. You keep him in. And if you don't, maybe this is just me being rash. Maybe this is a recency bias kind of thing. And I understand he's not making the decision alone. This is not just a pure Kevin Cass decision, but that's almost a fireable offense, I think. Two hits. Two hits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nine strikeouts. What was on paper telling you that that was a problem? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry, the MLB, the show simulator, or the out of the park simulator that they're using, <laughs> yeah. whatever it was. Didn't give him the best idea on that one. And maybe that was his gut feeling. Maybe that was truly what Kevin Cash had going on. Because, guys, this I don't know what's going on with that office, but they have done every right move that they've ever had to make in the last probably three years. Yeah. <laughs> so this, I don't think he's going to get fired over it, but it's definitely going to be scrutinized a lot. And yeah. They're going to probably be leaning on him like, look, You've been crushing it on one avenue here. You need to figure out the next piece of how we can get over that hurdle because that hurdle right now might have been might have been leave uh, Blake Snell in this ball game. But like I said, you remember with with Charlie Montoyo, we were in all agreement here that this wasn't a Montoyo decision. Are we sure this was a pure cash decision? Because if it wasn't, then it's not necessarily a fireable defense. He's just following orders. I think he has more control over that system than Charlie Montoyo has over the Blue Jays. I agree. System. Yes, I yes. think so too. I would think at least he has um, board <laughs> control. Yes. <of> this. <laughs> yes. He's in the boardroom. He's the one that goes, "Yeah, I don't care what the fuck you all said. I'm doing this." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope that some of the race players speak up this off season because we're like, "Look, we may never get back to a World Series in our careers, and we were two games away, two wins away from winning one." Uh, albeit, look, a short and 60-game season doesn't matter. You still had to get through the playoffs, expanded playoffs at that to get there, uh, where you could have been eliminated any of the other rounds. So I would expect Blake Snell uh, and the organization to need to be having a pretty big talk about this decision, uh, and probably other key members too, like if you're Tyler Glasnow, uh, another pitcher that could have been you in that situation, uh, could have been Charlie Morton, Whoever it is, um, yeah, I'd be pretty pissed off, and I would probably voice my concern and be like, "Can we at least just look? I'm fine with you shape using numbers to shape the decision, but don't just don't let it guide everything you do." Like I was dealing yesterday, and there's nothing to refute or even say that I wouldn't have kept on dealing, and that's the that's the thing here, right? Like I remember we had that big debate about Shoemaker being like, "Well, he uh, which was dealing, and the Rays looked extremely uncomfortable against him." And clearly the Dodgers looked uncomfortable and got snow. So I don't know. It's insane how close that simulate that situation oh, is. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Exactly because he same. almost brought the same quality of a guy in the relief in each situation too. AJ Cole and yeah. <laughs> Anderson. Yeah, so. absolutely. It's crazy. In fairness, right, this is also a pitcher this year that has not gone more than six. Okay, so uh, the, the analytics... You can't have this suggestion, and maybe it's because of previous years, but you can't say, oh, Blake Snell can't pitch late into the innings because he never fucking did it. So how can you say <laughs> yeah. that he, he can't? Like, yeah. this is, if I'm, if I'm Snell, I'm pissed because, look, I don't, I, I don't think he's a free agent next year, but that hurts your value. 
oh. right? You are still just a statistic in this game. You really are, and it's a what have you done for me lately thing. He couldn't even have proven it. And I know when the Blue Jays were in the playoffs five years ago and you had that incredible Marco Estrada performance, that's not a World Series performance. But those are the type of games that we sort of marvel at. Those are the type of games that we look back at and say that was an incredible performance. And the Tampa Bay Rays and Kevin Cash and or Kevin Cash completely robbed Snell of that opportunity. And if that's if I'm a fan of the Rays, all three of them, if I'm a fan, I'm pissed. Right. And if moreover, if I'm Blake Snell, I am pissed about this decision. It's funny you bring up the Estrada thing, because I guarantee that if it was Montoya or this front office or regime or Kevin Cash, that Estrada wasn't going into the eighth inning. Uh, or however long he went. He went, in, I think he went eight and a third or seven and two thirds or whatever mm. it was. He almost won a full eight. There was a lot of contact that was going deep in the outfield and Gibby or whoever the decision maker was at the time. I guess this was pre Atkins and Chapawa really taking over. It but Jog yeah. who went with he had his the gut going. Everything. Exactly. Like Gibbons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, I mean, he's still looking really good. He's still getting strikeouts. It's just whenever they make contact, it's just falling short of the warning track. If that was this current front office and regime, Strata may have only gone five or six, especially if some of that contact was getting harder and harder as the game went along, not based on look and feel. So that was one of my favorite games ever, and that could have been robbed. And same thing applies with Blake Snow. Think of how scary that would have been in that year with that bullpen we had if you took Marco Estrada out. I, oh, I know. That's rough. You know, you're really leaning on a bunch of guys that we had in that one-two out guys. Yeah. You weren't expecting Latroy Hawkins to come out of the bullpen and throw two innings. I'm no. sorry. And he was the guy we added. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he was the vet. That, it, was, it was a little rough in there. He, that season started off with Miguel Castro and Roberto Osuna just going, hey, you know what? I can close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Basically. Putting it yeah. in perspective, that bullpen would have been in shambles if you were leaning on it like that direction. So big difference on that point between now and then because our bullpen actually was pretty solid this year. It's true. In general. Not so much at the end, but yeah. I feel you. Yeah. And look, I'm not trying to be the old man screaming at clouds here and be like, well, back in my day, this was only five years ago. But, you know, we look at that performance and remember, Estrada came in onto the Blue Jays as a trade for Adam Lind. And he was just this bullpen piece from the Brewers. And we were thinking, this guy's terrible. Yes, what are we doing here? Yeah. yeah. This guy's, what is this kind of? trade because Adam Lind was sort of hit or miss, but we saw the potential that he never actually achieved. But, you know, the fact that he was able to rise in the ranks and put on that kind of performance, right, yeah. with, with the changeup and whatnot, it, it was incredible. And you can bet your ass. he was. I know he re-signed with the Blue Jays. What was it, a two-year deal in 2016? Yep, he ended up re-signing with the Blue Jays again, but he probably wouldn't have gotten that kind of a contract, even though it was team-friendly relatively, if he didn't have that performance. Oh, definitely. Right? So, again, Snell, I don't believe, is a free agent next year. And if he is, I, I apologize. I, I don't think he was because there'd be I'll some buzz See, if we, we were talking about it. I don't think he was because the knowing the Rays, they would have traded him away. Um, <laughs> Maybe this offseason. <laughs> yes, that's true. But, you know, you, you rob someone of that performance. You rob the moments of the game that makes it great and you rob the opportunity for an extended world series run, right? You rob the opportunity for a game seven and it makes me question the decision-making going forward as to look, we can't rely on the analytics this heavily. I, and I, I'm not saying they're not advantageous in some degree. They certainly are. They can be a suggestion, Brendan, mm -hmm. as you were sort of alluding to, but at the end of the day, you got to trust your gut. And if you see someone dealing 
like Snell was and most like Shoemaker was in game one. You got to stick to it. That's just my opinion. No doubt. No doubt. Nobody follows all the black and white on the paper all day, every day. Just saying. saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter what religious text, this, that, the actual directions on how to put something together. Do you guys read any of that shit? No. <laughs> I look at the picture. That's yeah, it. exactly. Oh, That's it's supposed to look it. like this. One. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't read so. terms and services either. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's why you're gonna end up like having apple own you or something. yeah pretty much yeah. Yeah. don't worry about it <laughs> so blake snell actually signed a giant contract with the rays after he uh won the cy young award five years 50 million dollars there so you go okay he is now going into his third year with yeah. the 2021 with that contract and I, to say this is team friendly is kind of like insane yeah well, most certainly doesn't is. quite push it <laughs> He, um, this year, if it was full season, he would have won. He would have had $7.6 million by the end. He will be making 16. So it's very, very, very backloaded, which you know, what's going to happen. He's going to do well this year. And then the Rays are going to flip him next off. They'll trade him oh, when, yeah, he's most will. when he's too expensive. <laughs> right. I, I could see the timeline on a Blake Snell trade being accelerated because if he goes and complains, he could, build the case to be like, look, trade me when I'm cheap because the team that's acquiring me will give you more because I don't cost that much. Even at the full $16 million, that's a steal for a guy of his caliber. So the, He will be 30 at the end crazy. of his current contract. Exactly. So he's <laughs> in the prime of his career. If, he, if he's pissed off enough and he goes and makes the case, be like, I'm not going to show up to spring training next year unless you trade me because I'm pissed off about this. I wouldn't be surprised if this accelerates his trade request or them trading him. I really it would. should. It should. And, you know, look, like I said, this is the first time the Rays got to the World Series since they had David Price and Eric Hinsky on the team. <laughs> like, you know, like, well, Eric Hinsky was on like five teams in a row. That no, I know. I'm just saying that's, that, saying that. that's only so much. <laughs> there's no guarantee they're getting back. Right. You're you're there and you could have robbed him an opportunity. I, I keep harping on this of a moment that athletes live for. And a worries, and obviously this isn't for the race to win it. They would have had to go on to a game seven, but still, you robbed him of that opportunity. Only uh, excels his value as a player, but it also gives him confidence, not just in him as an individual, but in him and your franchise to do this again. You might not get there, and he Ash and Mo took it away because of a, what a computer says. To me, that's just not right. There's something morally ambiguous about that that I think needs to be figured out. Really, I do. Not to mention, I think, the fact that Blake Snell is probably one of the most underrated pitchers in Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah. And sure. this could have been his Matt Gardner moment. Yeah. It really could have been. You know, this is the re- you know, the, those are the kind of things that you get. And, guys, how many players that we have loved over the years have never made it to an actual World Series? How many football players, how many bits, how wow. hockey stars never make it to a Stanley Cup? This could – there is no guarantee in any sport that you're going to ever make it this far, like you were saying, Adam, again. Yeah. So you've got to leave it all out in the field, and I don't think they left the best that they could out on the field. I will say that both offenses – kind of beat the living piss out of each other throughout this uh, <laughs> situation. Yeah. And I want to give you the moment I think the Rays lost it. And it's not even in that game. Oh. Manuel Margot steals home. Mm. Mm, yeah. I think that lost the whole series for him. I really do. They, they had a chance to win that ball game and really run away with it. And by all of a sudden, you know, hey, you know what? I'll take a risk. That was a stupid risk. You had a guy yeah. at the plate that could have scored you, and you should have just stayed at third. There was a better chance of him being drove in than trying to steal, even though he had a huge window for uh, yeah. him to be able to run home. 
it was slightly ridiculous. I just can't, I can't even imagine that, how he would have even been out on the, and I think it was a regular season game. He wasn't playing that next day. Right. Right. Well, look, if I, I stand corrected when it comes to at least last night, and this is not to take anything away from what you just said, Craig, but yeah. the Dodgers didn't win that game. The Rays lost that game right. last night. Um, so I should have said Rays lose in six. So, <laughs> so I guess technically, I will tell you if Boogie Betts doesn't put the cork on that and uh, pop the champagne with that home run. I don't know. That's that, there's still enough going on. I think the Rays were lingering. Yeah. Yeah. With that home run, it really drove it home for the Dodgers, I think. So, well, look, I, it brings me, you know, on the flip side, it brings me pleasure to see Mookie Betts win a World Series, not in a Boston uniform and yes. show Boston what could have been if they were smart enough. But <laughs> yes. they're going into a rebuild and uh, that doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. But let's change topics. I actually have one other question. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go for it. Do you think Randy Arozarena stays on the Tampa Bay Rays, or is he the biggest trade chip this offseason? <laughs> oh, man, that's a good question. I actually saw today John Mosaliak, the GM of the Cardinals, was asked about Randy Rosarena. He's like, look, guys, that's on me, not going to evaluate our guys or do a, a whole other evaluation of him and all that stuff. I could see people chomping at the bits to go after him. Me personally, I need to see you do it again, man. Like, that was incredible and him alone he alone should have maybe even won world series mvp like even though they lost like that's one of the few cases where you could give a world series mvp or you've seen it in the past with the nhl like i remember years ago when the devils beat the ducks and j.s jaguer the goalie just off the entire playoffs to get the ducks there they got there because of him you can make the case the rays got there because of a rosarena yeah Um, i'm keeping really was that catalyst Oh, totally. He's a catalyst all around. And I, do you guys think we take some pride in knowing that the Blue Jays didn't allow a home run to Randy Rosarena in the series? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the Those like two games. <laughs> so I have a story on that that I wanted to tell you, and that's one of the reasons I brought this up. So you guys know that when um, I was with Jays Journal, I was the Meyer League guy. I, right. you know, because I traveled, so I was a. Didn't matter what town I was in, even if it was a Blue Jays affiliate or whatever, I just went to baseball games, no matter what town I was in. Right. I happened to be in Memphis in 2018, which is the St. Louis Cardinals affiliate. Mm-hmm. I keep a scorecard every game I go to, just because I never know who I was going to see. I so the after he hit his eighth home run, I think during this series, I went. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go look and see if I can find that scorebook. I found it and I circled his name. Oh, there you go. There you go. Because he stood out to me that game. So that was that was what I always did, man. Everybody, um, either something I liked, even if he didn't have a good game or whatever, I just sat there and I took my red pen and went like about 9,000 yep. times over it. The guy had athlete written all over him to me, and um, I'm not shocked looking back now and picturing the guy I saw a few years ago. Is he's got the tools, and yeah, the St. Louis Cardinals guy definitely did miss. I don't think he's going to be this good for that long, but or but he's going to be something that is a very salvageable major league outfielder. And if I was the Rays, I would be seriously considering going. Hey guys, hey you know what? Here, who needs yeah. an outfielder? <laughs> See who will overpay. <laughs> That's what you say, us. But uh, look, I, I on that note, I actually was reading an article on Blue Jays Nation earlier, and Cam Lewis said that, and I, don't, I have no reason to doubt him, apparently Rosarina is eligible for Rookie of the Year next year as well. I saw that, yeah. yeah. They only had 23 games in a raised uniform this year. So, yeah, yeah he's eligible. He had a mere 281 with seven home runs, though. Look, 
take him while he's hot. I get. Yeah. I guess. Um, but look, literally no major league fear. Right. 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 Um, sticking on the topic of the World Series, this does have some Blue Jays lifeblood, um, into it, and I don't know if you guys caught it on Twitter, but it did sort of blow up. Uh, Jordan Groshan's tweet. Um, as soon as it ended, he said, "Quote: Blue Jays are next." Um, it got me kind of fired up because that's confidence that you want to see. Um, I do have something I want to say about Groshans after we talk about this, but Craig, how, how confident are you that this is a reality or is this just like pandering to fans? He might believe it, but like, is it, is it going to happen? What do you think? Yeah, we were going to talk about some of the stuff that's going on, especially today in Major League Baseball, the players that are all of a sudden having options decline today. I was really, really surprised on some of those names that were making that list, guys. And it only seems like uh, you know, MLBTradeRumors.com is blowing up by the minute with new mm. stuff. I've been watching it while we've been going here. There's more names that are being added to that list from other teams. Jeez. It seems like the Nationals are having a fire sale. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> so yeah. I, if this... The foundation is set. You know, they poured the concrete. They prepped everything. There is nothing that doesn't scream solid baseball team as this sits right now in Toronto Blue Jays baseball. You add a couple pieces to this recipe, guys, and it really could just be kicked up to the point where we went from regular everyday mild wings to hot wings. You know, <laughs> so I really would not be shocked if they all of a sudden went from where they're at right now to full speed on the gas. But it really takes management selling everybody that needs to pay for these guys that would be those additions to dive into this and i really think that atkins and shapiro are positioned properly to be able to do that and it, i just really hope that they can find those pieces to that starting pitching the relief and then the few positions around the diamond that we need to fill out because right now i really do not see anything that is screaming 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 talent I would be okay with some of these minor league guys that we have coming through, not starting in Buffalo and being in their starting rotation, for example. I would like to see something go on with our outfield that would really solidify center. As much as I like Randall Gritchick, I just think you're only getting what we've been getting from Randall Gritchick, and that is a position we could improve in. And so don't, Blue Jays fans, don't accost me, all right? <laughs> like, don't get, I already got I the heat, man. I don't want to get hit with any Randalls. <laughs> He ain't it, man. He ain't it. So, but on the Groshans note, is he thinking he's that part of it? He's going to be a part of this team as soon as next season with that comment would be my next question because the Blue Jays more or less have made it sound like they're shopping around for a third baseman. As much as I'd like to see Groshans get a chance to just run with a job, we've seen that the Blue Jays don't just give up jobs lightly. They make everybody earn it. And that was even including our main trio of guys right now. Uh, a little birdie told me. <laughs> that the Jays are willing to shop Groshan. I would not be surprised. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. I, uh, for the Nero, Nolan Arenado trade? Uh, <laughs> hey. He was our I, main piece and our centerpiece for that show. Just saying. <laughs> hey, third, third base uh, is probably the only hole I see right now, position player-wise. I, I think you can be okay rolling in to 2021 with the outfield that ended this year. That's Grichik. Oscar and Wordis, you definitely need another guy, whether that's Michael Brantley, Adam Eaton, who was just cut by the Nationals, uh, whoever it is. And then you definitely need a starter right behind Ryu. Like if you can go Ryu, Walker, 
Pearson as your top three, and then you fill it in with a whole bunch of different options that you have um, for next year. I think you're looking pretty good. Um, and then obviously they'll pick up a few bullpen pieces along the way towards the end, whether it's on waivers like they did with Anthony Bass or uh, maybe they go the Japan route because Japan and Korea, they played baseball too. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of talent. They played full season. Yeah, That's they right. did. Absolutely. <laughs> this season anyway. So they did. And that could be another market where they look into going again. But on the Groshans thing, look, um, I do think that they will be aggressive in shopping some of their upper talent because, look, you have Austin Martin, who I don't think they know where he's going to play yet. But he played a lot of third base at Vanderbilt. He did play a lot in the outfield, too. Um, I do think that Aralvis Martinez, who's further down, it could be a third baseman. Miguel Geraldo, that's a pretty stacked little uh, collection of guys down there to the point where Groshan's value as a prospect may not be as high as it is right now. And I know he didn't play at all this past year, but just based on his last full season, how he was looking in Rochester at the alternate player camp and all that stuff, if he and one of our catchers is the two centerpieces of a deal and whether that's Kirk or Moreno or Jansen or whoever it is, you can get a very, very good piece for that. Whether that's the start of a Lindor package or whether that's Herman Marquez from the Rockies. I do think that there is a strong possibility that Groshans won't be in this organization next year. I do. I think this is the biggest economical piece we have on the table right now that you, like you mentioned, we had the depth to make do with after yep. that. But I would really be shocked to see if we weren't getting a third baseman in return would be the my catch. Because the other thing is, I really, I know that we you touched on the Austin Martin thing. I really would be shocked if he's not a center fielder. I agree right. with that. I do. I, I think that's where he's going to end up from what I've seen from him. Just that they need the depth in the outfield. And if you've got a guy that's already going to play over there, yeah, it'd be great if he knows third base too. But <laughs> move, him up, move him up there and see what happens. And it wouldn't have shocked me, guys, that Loris Gurriel Jr. ends up being a center fielder in the next two years. He's got the arm. Yeah. He's got the arm. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Nominate for a gold glove. <laughs> exactly. And that's the kind of stuff that he adapted to left field like he, like he was, you know, a fish that jumping into water for the first time, right? It was like, no problems. I can do this all day. And I think that next challenge would be for him would be to take over center because he actually has the speed, the range. Some of those routes they took to the ball guys were not the most great, but he, um, you know, his athleticism does carry insanely well in the outfield. And I think a lot of that's the footwork that he learned playing shortstop and obviously the freaking rifle that he has for an arm. So I would not be shocked. It's, I almost feel like we're wasting his arm in left field, but you did see the benefits of having his arm in left field. <laughs> You know, speaking of a cannon for an arm, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I know we're harping on third base, and I think that's a priority for the Blue Jays because I think ideally they like to think, like to keep rather everything else the same, not to disrupt a lot of things. But Bobuchet has been on record that for the right player, and if it gives them an opportunity to win, he'll shift. And he too has a pretty good arm, and that's putting it lightly. That's not giving him enough credit at all. No. Um, so if he his arm that, definitely carries, right? And you know, you 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 get a substantial or above average shortstop that will add some stability and offensive production to this lineup without sacrificing that much defense. Cause I feel Bobochet is an extremely underrated defender, even though he bobbled a few balls in the postseason. whatever, I'll, I'm willing to excuse that because the Jays weren't winning that anyway. Um, you put him at third base. 
I don't see that to be that hard of a transition for him. And if it makes them better, sure. But I do think primarily they're searching for the third baseman. So they don't necessarily have to disrupt that. But if it means there's someone on the table to play shortstop, why not? My biggest problem is I do not want to see Kevin Biggio play third base anymore. It has nothing to do with him. I just don't think it's the right fit. I think having him at third base makes him worry too much about his defense, where he is actually one of the best hitters on this team, at least as far as plate overall, you know, everything goes in that package. There is not much more you can ask ask for from Kevin Biggio at the plate. So if you get him comfortable, I honestly would wonder if he would be a guy, if you moved Lourdes to center, that he could take over in left field and still have enough of an arm to take over for that. But until something weird like that happens, he's second base all day to me. I don't even care. I'm not shopping that position at all. He's going to be the Blue Jays' second baseman. And honestly, it infuriated me every day we saw him in the lineup at third base because regardless of what the hell Travis Shaw was doing offensively, he was still a better third baseman than anybody we had on the roster. Yeah. That was what was pissing me off. I don't care what your freaking computer said. You're going to well, win. You're going to save runs by having him in defense playing third base. It's because of the VR trade. That's pretty much the only reason why it happened. And again, given his antics at the end of the you know postseason, I don't think that's going to be an issue anymore. Anyway, no, I don't think it will be either. <laughs> don't know why. Well, look, you know, circling back to the original topic here, am I confident that they're going to hit a postseason run? I'm not. I, no, I mean, sorry, a World Series run next year. I'm not. And that doesn't say anything about the talent that could be. I just think that to really let this talent simmer uh, for a full 162, hopefully, um, it's going to take a season to get it, make those adjustments and to make those final tweaks. And I think we're looking at a 2022 hard push. Now, again, um, if something falls into the lap of the Blue Jays that they can take advantage of, it wouldn't surprise me if they do try to be aggressive and make that push, as we've talked about for the World Series. And hey, look, I'm for it. Let's go. But as things stand today, I can't imagine that this roster is World Series ready. Brendan, do you agree? Yeah, I know. Th- there's still a few pieces for sure. I mean, the bullpen we saw, you can gather a whole bunch of guys and you can have a really damn good one uh, or put a lot of your kids in there and develop them that way. Um, a lot of the offensive pieces are pretty set and in place. Uh, again, like we said, third base, uh, or if you're acquiring a shortstop or a second baseman to fill that hole and you move some guys around and then you make the pieces fit, um, then they're set offensively too. Uh, I do think the rotation needs a little bit of work, definitely needs to be rejigged. Um, I would be shocked if Chase Anderson is back with his team. He's mm-hmm. owed $9.5 million, and based on some of the cuts we've seen today, and we'll talk about it in a bit, um, I think Chase Anderson's as good as gone. Um, and look, I mean, Tanner Roark will probably open up as the five starter because they signed him to be a starter. But you got to have somebody to replace him quickly in that rotation, which it could be a kid or it could be another veteran that you signed. Because look, like I know that he was one of the guys, I think he said this publicly or somebody made this point on Twitter, is that you never know over a full 162, maybe he would have figured it out towards the end because there has been starters who have gotten off to terrible starts like Roark did your first 5, 10, 12 starts, whatever it was. Roark made 12 uh, horrendous starts. A few decent ones mixed in. Um, so I do think he opens up. But you have to have a guy behind Ryu because Pearson isn't quite ready to be that 1-2 with Hunter and Ryu right now. And if it's me, like I'm sure we'll get into this in future, off, in future episodes as free agency opens and everything. My top priority right now isn't a Trevor Bauer. It's Taiwan Walker. I just think he fits perfectly with this core. He's 28. 
I don't think it'll be that expensive. Uh, and he could be had on a four-year deal. I've noticed he's been a – I know he's probably doing this just to pander to fans or just get people excited, but a lot of people I've seen Taiwan Walker like tweets saying, come back to Toronto. Uh, I think there's some interest there. I do think he wants to explore that a little bit more, and I hope the Blue Jays do. I'd be pissed if they just let him go out the door and didn't even make a legitimate attempt to bring him back. Yeah, this, insulting, I think. yeah, there's a difference between Trevor Bauer trolling different fan groups. Yeah. Oh, got a yeah. ticket to Boston. What do you think, Blue Jays? I don't <laughs> well, know if they like me. Place. Yeah, he's there's a end difference. Up doing his podcast in a park. Or... Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There's a difference between all that. And for me, Walker is sort of under the radar doing yeah. this. You have to look for it in order to, to notice it, which is good. So it's kind of incognito. Doesn't actually, well, maybe now that we're talking about it, it does. But it doesn't necessarily you know, heighten the expectations or the excitement for Blue Jays fans or their anticipation. But at the same time, if those that are paying attention, much like yourself, Brennan, uh, it, it's something to keep in mind. It's certainly little breadcrumbs that may lead to something. But uh, look, you touched on it. Let's roll right into it. The free agents that are available, much uh, moreover, the ones that were actually released uh, by various clubs. I want to stick to the Nationals for a second. Um, they declined the options of Adam Eaton, as you mentioned, Brendan, Anibal Sanchez, Eric Thames, hello, former Blue Jay, and Howie Kendrick. Uh, also, the Rangers, shout out to uh, Richard Burfs, declined the option of Corey Kluber. Um, are any of these players any of any interest to you, like both, you know, temporarily or long term? I know Eric Thames, it, cool, he's jacked, he, he's got the look, but he's <laughs> not really that great. Um, Brendan, anybody stand out to you or you think these are just names and they've been declined for a reason? Uh, my first thought was instantly Corey Kluber for sure. Right. Yeah. Connection, but um, as you guys know, right? Yeah, it yeah. is extremely by low uh, potential. I and I was going back and forth with my friend on this, um, and I know that the Jaybird watching account was taken there, so you guys may have seen it. But he's barely pitched the last two years. Um, he's getting older. Um, the only benefit maybe you could get him on a one or two year deal, maybe a one plus one or uh, two plus one or anything like that. Um, I love the name Corey Kluber. I really do. Um, it just feels kind of like, I don't know if I feel that it's a dumpster dive mood move, but it's on the, it's kind of on the fringes of it because you're banking on a guy to stay healthy. And we're already doing that with Matt Shoemaker, if he's brought back and heck Hunjin Ryu is a risk as well. Like we, we don't know if he was ending his season injured. And he asked for that extra day, that whole thing there. So Kluber was the only one. He was Adam Eaton. And then I went to go look uh, look up his, his season. He wasn't good. Uh, no. He's getting older, too. So, no. The only one, actually, I'm not sure if you guys caught this one or not. And I know this is in the Nationals. But Colton Wong was cut loose by St. Louis. Um, he could play some second base. He can play in the outfield. And I know his projections over the next two years, uh, Brendan Kuhn on Twitter was saying this, uh, about a 4.4 F4, so 2.2 a year. Uh, that's pretty good. That's not bad. I would like to name higher, but hey, if Colton Wong came here, that's not a bad little bat to add to your lineup. So, I don't know if you saw this one, but Wilson Ramos was one of those guys that the Mets declined. I saw that, yeah. Interesting as one. far as, um, you know, catcher, the, uh, yeah. get uh, Mr. Corsair all going here, that veteran catcher that he keeps saying that we need, but that wouldn't be the worst in the world. I know he tend, tends to be more of an offensive first uh, yeah. catcher, but the guy's been everywhere. That's that, that's somebody you could bring in that could be the difference between Danny Jensen, Danny Jansen, and Alejandro Kirk having the crazy veteran guy to learn from, and maybe that's what unlocks their offense. 
you know, they know how to catch. They both have known how to catch. And we've seen what Kirk could be possibly doing. But Danny Jensen, guys, he was one of the better offensive forces the last few years he was in the minors. More or less, once he got a pair of specs, was just 300 hitter, period. Didn't matter what level he was. And then we saw yeah. the power come in and he was in Buffalo finally. That's still there. I just, it he is. hasn't been able to figure out what the heck that last little tidbit is to actually make it you know, major league worthy. I, to me, his bat on ball skills has just not been the same from what I saw from him in the minors. And I find it that hard to believe that it is literally just the difference between AAA and major league baseball. He's just not barreling it the same. So there's something different there. You know, once I saw him when I was, he was playing here in Buffalo that I just saw him hitting dead nuts right on the screws on a curveball or whatever it might be. He's knocking two inches in the front of him. And <laughs> it's yeah. just not the same stuff. It's almost like the same thing that's been going on with Vlad that we started seeing him break out a little bit of. Mm-hmm. That that little bit of him just getting the, under the ball, the elevator, is just not there. Maybe somebody like Wilson Ramos that has been a major league offensive force until more or less his most recent contract is that last piece that maybe is the thing. And then you get a good guy. And if you do make that playoff World Series run that Jordan Groshans is coming from, mm. and that th- those are the difference. Veterans win team win ball games, and usually it's because they know how to get over the hurdle. You know, these young we have a team of young, young, young guys. It would really push the demographic and average age, like probably yeah. up a couple, two years by granted somebody like Ramos or even Torinos. He was also released yeah. by the Mets too. So that's two catchers on the market that weren't going to be there to begin with, that are probably in the buy-low state of their career, but there still could be something in the tank that they might even run away with a starting job. You really don't know what you're going to get from either of those two guys right now. And one other one, Mike Leake. Ooh. Did you guys see that he, he was released by the Diamondbacks as well? Mm. Didn't, but that, that'd be interesting to fill out the back end of the rotation for sure. Yeah, and that's kind of why I was wondering. It. I would almost rather dump the two guys that you had mentioned in Roark and um and anderson and i would i would think that the tenure of somebody like mike leak is better than having those other two guys that we had mentioned and i still think leak has something in the tank even you know regardless of the name and you know (laughs) all that kind of good stuff i I think his bucket's still full (laughs) just saying (laughs) yeah but I thought that was kind of interesting. I was surprised that a team like the Diamondbacks was releasing guys like that when they're going to be clearly scraping for innings probably this year. So yeah. it was a pay yeah. thing, clearly. But in all reality, I'm fine with that. If they yeah. want to not pay somebody like Mike Leak and we can, you know, scrounge him up to our side of the dinner table here, we'll call it a day. <laughs> you know, speaking on uh, Ramos real quick, it's if he if the Blue Jays do sign a player like that, I think. It's advantageous for all the reasons that you just said, Craig. Um, but I do think that spells, and I think this was going to happen anyway, but this more solidifies it. Uh, Kirk is not coming, at least starting with this team. He's not. He won't break out of camp with the team. Um, and I think you're going to see Jansen get the bulk of the work, which is fine still. And maybe it's you know every fifth game or fifth day you'll see uh, someone like Ramos take the uh, take the behind the plate just to spell Jansen out a little bit. I think that would work to the benefit just to see what you have. And obviously, if the project isn't working out, you sign up for cheap, it doesn't work out, then you can explore your minor league depth and maybe at that point bring up Kirk, um, depending on where he's at and how he's, he's going in his development. But I don't hate it. Um, the thing about Kluber, Brendan, as you were mentioning, it's not 
I think the name clout really gravitates towards that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something attractive about it. But to me, that's sort of just another kind of Matt Latosi kind of move. It's just I don't see that improving the team at all. And and that doesn't, for me, even add stability. It's just the the aspect of that name being so compelling that we're thinking, oh, he, you yeah. know. Like, so it's Josh Johnson to you is what I'm hearing. Yes. Oh, yes. That's actually a pretty good comp where you think Josh Johnson. Damn, he was an You're ace welcome. for the Marlins. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, that's really good, actually. Uh, I agree for sure on that one. You know, it's, you know, it's not that I wouldn't like him on the team if it was a cheap deal. And again, it, it depending on where he's at in the rotation or the pen. But if he's a cheap signing, I don't care. Fine. If it works out. Or if it's an invite to spring training, fine. I don't care. Whatever. But um, in, in terms of any of these guys that tickle my fancy, not really. If anything, just for, you know, pro, I don't know, just for fun, I'd say Eric Thames, even though he's not that good anymore. I just really like him as a person. I totally just want to see somebody that can go top shelf tanks in the Rogers dude, Center. <laughs> the dude, it just is so jacked. He's alpha as fuck. He just has all these chains coming off him with all the buttons undone, <laughs> tattoos galore, weird-ass facial hair that is so creative. Oh. I wish he always stayed a Blue Jay, but yeah. I appreciate the fact that he blew up in Korea and he made himself better. So in that aspect, I'd like to see him finish his career <laughs> with the Blue Jays. Um, but uh, otherwise, in all that If we didn't have Roddy Telez and Vladdy, can yeah, it's redundant. the same at bats, I wouldn't I'd be one of the best players you could bring in right now for that yeah. I do too. That's the same thing as a Justin Smoke kind of like. It's even almost the same age as when we originally grabbed Justin Smoke. Especially (laughs) if we continue to play in Buffalo. Yeah, oh, absolutely. (laughs) Just saying. You mean when we continue to play in Buffalo? Yes. I'm I'm not saying that because I want the Buffalo Blue Jays thing to be permanent. I'm just saying COVID's fucked. That's all I'm saying, people. If they play in Buffalo next year, Craig, you'll be able to go to a game. I would not be surprised. I mean, I know this kind of leads You smuggle yourself somehow through the border, (laughs) and I'll make sure you have a home, all right? Yeah, I could fly there. It's just... Oh, that's uh, right. I forgot that loop. Oh, you can fly. Yeah, there's a loophole. drive yeah. over the damn border. Don't yeah. worry about that. I don't understand that logic, but whatever. So did you guys also see there was one other player that I thought was slightly intriguing from our infield talk a little bit um, a few minutes ago? Colton Wong was declined. Yeah, I did see that. Yes. Not – this guy was really good, but he's obviously been fighting a ton of injuries the past, like, four seasons. Yeah. The funny thing is I'm gonna, I have another weird comp for you. Colton yeah. Wan equals David Eckstein when we grabbed him from the uh, <laughs> <laughs> Padres, was it? All from the Cardinals. Um, was Cardinals. it the Padres or was it the or, Cardinals? I thought he played for the Padres. He started with the Angels. Because Roland played for I think he for... won the World Series, I think, with the Cardinals the one year. That's yeah, what that sounds right. So where's Roland? Did Roland come from the Cardinals? Yes. I yes. So. And then he went to Cincinnati. Uh, we traded. Didn't we trade EE for him? We traded, yeah, at, at Carson Sion for him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, I remember X9 was a huge... Yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> X9 was this huge hype train coming in and yeah. never actually worked out. It was a bust. <laughs> Turf can do that to you. Um, look, all these options are fine. They're not incredibly sexy. They're not anything that jump out the page. Um, do I think the Blue Jays are doing their homework? Yes. Do I think ultimately any of these players are going to be part of the team? No, I don't. I don't. Uh, maybe Kluber because of the Cleveland connection as a gift again invite to spring training but i think he'd probably be able to get a little bit more than that elsewhere maybe 
I if think he, Colton Juan had played third base, though. That's the only reason I brought that up. Yeah. yeah. And uh, to me, that would be a complete desperation move and a buy low, obviously. But the guy yeah. batted 285 a year ago. <laughs> so if, if you give me Taiwan Walker and Corey Kluber, then I'll be excited. Yes. yes. Not yeah. Corey Kluber on his own, but Walker and Kluber or somebody near Walker's level in Kluber, then I'm thrilled. Yeah, go. Walker's the the priority. Um, all right, let's let's final topic. Oh, before we get into the final topic, I just just jumped out at me while we were talking about the infield. Have you guys seen that uh, Vladdy is working out hard? Like he is he is, he is yeah. putting in work. Yeah, so, that's, that's great news. That's <laughs> yes. fantastic news. He's not no, taking the off. You didn't see it? I did not see it. I'm at his up. Instagram. Yeah, all Peep over Instagram. his Instagram. Yeah. Okay. It's like every day or every few days. Yes. Well, he I is. just hope that. The biggest thing that you could get out of that is that he's in a rhythm. And yeah. I really think that was what was starting to click for him at the end of the season. You know, he was able to tune off the noise from all the bullshit around in the media about how telling him he needs to get his shit together and become the guy he was in minor league baseball. And you guys all, I don't know what it was, but it did to me, the difference between his last two weeks and the, yes. this season was night and day compared to the rest of his season. And I didn't even, I wouldn't even have to look at the numbers. I was watching his at bats. Yeah. He looked like a different guy at the plate. And I really think there's something big coming for Vlad's future here. It might not be right off the bat. I think he's going to be one of those slow starter guys every season. Mm-hmm. I really do. I just don't see the cold weather thing helping him at all. Right. <laughs> but he could come into spring training hot. And that would be as if he's carrying this kind of work ethic through his off season. It's amazing what a routine will do for somebody. And as all of you know, the only thing that COVID has done to everybody at a minimum is fucked up the routine. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So at a minimum. Put down some money. If you got 50 bucks laying around, put down money on Vlad as MVP. If he's going to work out, he finished the season hot. And I mean, hey, I think we agree. We said this on an episode right at the end of the year. He did look slimmer as the year went along. It looks like he got a little bit of, or he dropped a little bit of weight. And look, again, we talked about this. I don't think that's too much of a coincidence with his better at-bats as the season went along. Better shape, ready to go. If he comes into camp looking good, I'll drop 50 bucks in him being MVP. And you know what? If he doesn't, whatever. I, I, I want to believe the guy. Yeah. You know, he's. this is legit. He's running in sand. When yeah. you run in sand, that's an insane workout. That's that's cardio to the max. And so, if there he's trying to video, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying if he's trying to cut weight, that's how you do it. Run in sand. There was a video of Giancarlo Stanton the year before he won the MVP with the Marlins, of him doing that uphill, yes. carrying medicine balls, and it was one of the most ridiculous things I've it's seen. It's hard. That's, he's Crazy. sprinting, and this thing, and yes. he's like a gazelle going up like a 45 degree pitch, <laughs> sand that was like at least to his knees, and he's just. Because <laughs> you have nothing, you have nothing to MVP, So yeah. there might be something to it there. Maybe he's the, you know he's on the uh, the good season Giancarlo kick. Listen, <laughs> let's do you it. have nothing to propel off of. There's, that's not flat surface. You still sort of sink into there, and you know, yeah. given the I don't want to you know thermodynamics and whatnot, but you don't have flat don't terrain to push off, right? And so you're using your core and you're using your leg muscles to the nth degree just to propel yourself off of that. And that's a huge cardiovascular workout. So if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is conquering this, which he has months to do it, get ready. I think it's going to be good. Um, So to make the joke, because most of our fan listeners are around Lake Ontario here, there's a difference between beach with sand and a deep beach with rocks. Yes. 
think the Lake Ontario Beach will be good to go to for this. Yeah, some older, uh, <laughs> this is uh, yeah, it, this is some serious stuff. But uh, all right, let's wrap it up with this topic. Look, we talked about it in the beginning. Let's wrap it up with this. Bleacher Report has reported that the MLB has lost approximately $3 billion in revenue. If you ask Rob Manfred, it's closer to $8 billion in revenue. I'm going to go with Bleacher Reports because, well, well fuck Rob Manfred. Anyways. Um, worst case scenario, we even go middle of that. Let's five. say five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's going to be consequences. There are going to be ramifications when it comes to how the MLB is going to utilize revenue money, how they're going to be able to pay certain employees and how they're going to keep certain employees. We've seen thousands of layoffs specifically in the scouting department. And that does not spell good things for minor league baseball for me to the point where I think what we saw with the draft, a five round draft, maybe a taxi squad, that could be a permanent thing. And it's unfortunate because you have all these levels of minor league baseball, some of which have already been eliminated. Really wouldn't surprise me. I don't want it to get there, but it wouldn't surprise me if you have minor league scrapped altogether, which is going to create this mess and a conflict when it comes to contracts, when it comes to stadiums that are built and whatnot. That's not for me to sort of figure it out, figure it out. But Craig, you're the minor league guy, man. Do you see this as a legitimate possibility I, to think that there's not going to be at least triple A baseball is kind of weird, or are we heading towards something like the MLB, like the NFL, that when you're drafted, you're on the squad, and you're going to see that kind of these kids younger and younger getting drafted, or they're going to start in later in college, much like the NFL players, much like the NBA players when they're drafted, in order to have that experience to be ready for the MLB. What do you say? Yeah, I think a lot of it's going to change just because of the fact that kids aren't fully interested in baseball, and that's full on the Major League Baseball Commissioner's office's fault. You don't market baseball. I'm sorry. There's a real reason that kids aren't interested in baseball. And it's not because of the game. It's how you fucking market it. Period. Yeah. I don't care what the hell they say. And all this fact that, you know, the reason football, basketball, and all these people are doing a better job of bringing in um, young viewers is because they have actually adapted to the fact that, you know, guess what? You know, locking up all your content and everything might be bad. Or maybe you should actually, you know, market your players in a way that is fun and fashionable and, you know, becomes popular. Yeah. It's completely ridiculous to the fact that, that and honestly, I think that's why they think they can get away with doing this. They don't think there's going to be as many people playing baseball. So that 0.1% or whatever already that go to the major leagues, they're already going, well, you know, those people are going to make it anyway. Let's just freaking take all these other, you know, like right. this is all baseball. Here's the fat. Just get rid of this and then keep the players that you knew were going to make it anyways. But the problem is baseball in the States and in Canada, too, is the difference between some of these towns actually having something fun to do outside the house. Right. The fact that the um, Appalachian League, where the Blue the Bluefield Blue Jays play, and I've told you guys many times on this show, that is one of the best minor league ballparks I've ever been just because of the feel in that ballpark. That town, no more baseball. And that is a whole league that is based on the fact that that's what's going to get kids interested because there's no teams in West Virginia. There's no teams actually in Virginia. Yeah. You're talking about the whole middle of the goddamn country where nobody sees anything but minor league baseball being at risk. Right. The fact that you're going to be doing something like this is freaking ridiculous. There's got to be a way for everybody to go out and do something. And, I'm sorry, yeah, we are living in a p pandemic world, but there is going to be some point, 
a year, whatever the heck it ends up taking, to the fact that something is going to go back to the normal where we can go to freaking concerts and sporting events again. You know, it's not going to be – or what's the worst-case scenario, that we actually start broadcasting more of these seasons and things like that? I really just don't understand why, you know, everybody likes minor league baseball in these towns. If they can't go, they were wa- find a way to watch it, the people that like doing it. Right. Or make it fun, have contests just like you would if you were in the ballpark. We saw that with the Blue Jays doing the 50-50 raffles and everything online this year. There's plenty of ways to get people interested in this game. And there is a failure to keep the people interested in this game with with COVID and everything going on. But there has to be something. I don't see any reason why they should be sacrificing the minor leagues to the point where they're going to literally just... If they do that, I would be shocked if we even keep enough people interested in Major League Baseball to even feel Major League Baseball in five years. It would shock me. Mm. At least 10. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think you said anything incorrect there at all, Craig. It's uh, it's unfortunate. Um, look, all these sports leagues are going to have to make some cuts. There's going to be some everywhere. We already know the NFL salary cap is going to go down next year. Um, baseball doesn't have a salary cap. Maybe teams that are paying over the luxury tax uh, are going to have to pay more in taxes uh, to Major League Baseball, wherever that money goes. Um, I think some of the names that were cut loose today are a result of what teams know is coming uh, in terms of reductions and forecasts for 2021. <laughs> like, Craig, you're right in saying that there will be a time when we can pack a stadium again and there will be a time when we can pack a concert venue again. Um, I'm hoping that we can start going to events in 2021, even if it's not full capacity, 30 percent, 20 percent capacity Something's to better start coming back. Exactly. Some money's better than nothing. Um, weather the storm a little bit longer. These guys that own these teams are billionaires like Jerry Jones can cover the loss of Major League Baseball's revenue on his own with his <laughs> net worth. There are enough rich old folks like that that can weather the storm with these teams and keep baseball going and keep minor league baseball going. And I agree. If you if some of these small towns in the middle of nowhere lose it, no matter where it is, like what the hell else are you going to do in town? Like there's nothing. It brings people there. Uh, it is a source of revenue for the towns. It helps with their economy. So. Anything. Pride. Yeah, pride, absolutely. It'd be like, yeah, uh, we, we saw Chris Bryant go from wherever in the Cubs organization through to Iowa up to the Cubs. It's like, yeah, we get to saw him in the middle of nowhere, and now he's playing in big city Chicago. So it would suck. There's going to be some more uh, consequences as a result of this loss. I think we'll see that over the coming days. Uh, I think it started with some of the names we saw cut loose today. Uh, Colton Wong is probably somebody who wouldn't be cut loose under normal circumstances. Um, and some other guys. So it sucks. It's going to have to happen, and there will be something that needs to change, but it may only be for another year or so. And then maybe in 2022, we can go back to uh, sporting events with sold-out crowds. That would be the hope. I think when it comes to Rob Manfred, and this is the point I was trying to drive in, is that he's he's looking, <laughs> he's looking at um, the leagues around him that are sort of gaining popularity or ones that have maintained population uh, popularity. I'm, of course, talking about the NBA and the NFL. Um, the MLB is sort of sliding behind where these two leagues are accelerating, especially the NFL, despite itself. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> That's the fun part. Yes, despite <laughs> itself. But it, let's be honest here. It's because of fantasy football that is excelling. Oh, it's 100%. Um, really? Sports gambling? 
Yeah. Weird, right? <laughs> um, but it seems that Manford sort of wants to mirror that, and that's how he's saying this is the successful model when he's not paying attention to the nuances and the differences that make baseball baseball and how it separates itself from the pack. That's what he should be embracing. So I think what he's doing is, like I mentioned when I introduced the topic, is that he's looking at the NBA and looking at the NFL, and he's looking at these draft prospects and saying, look, these are immediate returns. Right. And you had the fan base sort of excited and thrilled about that number one overall pick or a lottery pick. Um, That's something that we should instill in our fan base. But because let's be honest, guys, honestly, the MLB draft is the last draft I care about in comparison to the other two. I really don't. And it's because, honestly, that the fruit of that isn't apparent for another four or five years down the line. You don't get to see that player. Maybe Austin Martin will be a different story because of how talented he actually is. But by and large, these players, you're probably not going to see A at all or B not for a couple of years. So I think Manfred sort of wants to mirror those other two leagues and say, hey, let's have immediate returns, which I think will not only dilute the pro- uh, the product of baseball, it will make it worse. Right. At that point, yeah, you're not having the best talent on there because these there's a reason there's a minor league system for these players to sort of acclimate to the game and go through the levels. You throw a kid from college right into the major leagues, he's going to bust. You're going to have a, a, a roster full of busts that you could have had potential and it's not going to you're never going to see it. Because he never was groomed properly, and maybe groomed's the wrong word, but, you know, prospect. At least built up, right? Yeah, <laughs> he, he hasn't been in the system. And that's what separates baseball. You have to sort of embrace that. And so on that line, Craig, I agree with you that the products that you have now, the Major League Baseball players that you have now, that's what you should be embracing, right? And again, Trevor Bauer, we'd like to talk about as this polarizing figure because, yeah, he may still be, but definitely was MAGA. And we we have these concerns about how he treats women specifically online. But in terms of how he's suggested to Manfred how to make this game more compelling to to kids as to like have the players mic bring out the personalities I'm full on board with that 100% that's what you got to be fixated on and because of covid I think we're going to be introduced to a lot of you know strange nuances that I don't necessarily think we would see and I think it's going to force Manfred to sort of do these things one way or the other. And I'm hoping that it's going to be in the positive direction that we're suggesting right now and not cut a bunch of leagues. And again, I'm not an economist here, so I don't know how the money situation works. But, man, if they cut minor league baseball altogether, dude, Worcester, Massachusetts just built a stadium for the new Paw Sox, for the new AAA Red Sox. That might not be anything. And Worcester was relying on that. For people to come and check out their city. Without that, no offense, Worcester, your city's a shithole. Right. <laughs> and so I can say that. I'm a New Englander. I can say that. And so. they're relying on that revenue of tourists coming in. You don't have that. You have this brand new stadium that your tax dollars are built for nothing. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that every Blue Jays ballpark for their minor league system is new within the last seven or eight years. I think the Fisher yeah. Cats one is the oldest one at this part outside of Bluefield. Dunedin every was other, just every other one has been either built recently or upgraded completely. Dunedin being the example yeah. of the most recent, the complete overhaul, almost to the point where it was gutted. Yeah. <laughs> so I agree with you 100%. And I think the biggest problem on this whole thing is if they are looking at the economics of this whole thing, 
This is the most short-sighted bullshit I've ever seen in baseball. It is purely to continue having Manfred line the pockets of all the owners of Major League Baseball. You do this, it will be the end of the kind of talent level we are completely used to seeing at the Major League level. And it undermining is not even the best way of saying it. It's completely like pushing baseball into a fucking locker, throwing it in a grenade and letting it go. Mm. It is just suicide if you take away the minor league baseball covid yes i get that that's a problem obviously but if this was a, just a move right now and they were making this i this right now just to keep going i think they have to play minor league baseball this season right now with no fans i really just don't see how any other way around it then they're going to have to find a way to help finance it and help the teams finance it because it is just like i said the talent level in baseball you're going to see guys that are they'll make seven errors in a game all of a sudden at the major league level, just because they didn't go through the minor leagues, they really learned how to do it. There is a big difference between high school baseball, college baseball, and going to the major leagues. And there's a reason that all is in place. Football, hockey, all that other stuff. The college level is so refined in those Mm. sports. It is a lot different. Baseball is just kind of getting into that same ballpark at the college level. We're talking within the last 10 years with the, the College World Series and stuff. It's been around forever, but it, like I said, it's just not been that refined level of we're getting that t- talented coaching down to that level. And that's why you've always had Major League Baseball doing the minor league system versus those other sports doing what they do. Yeah, it's – um. I, well, if we're going to shine some positive light on this, you know, <laughs> minor leagues aside – um. You know, you had some teams hurt by revenue or lack thereof without fans in the stadium, merchandise sales, whatnot, um, especially owners that are like sort of independent out of outside businesses. This is the Blue Jays can sort of take advantage of the situation because Rogers communication definitely didn't lose money. No. Right. I think about all the, the Internet speeds, the upgrades, how many people were, you know, maybe upgrading their cable subscription or whatnot. There's a telecommunications company that is definitely raking in money still. People IG's are still coming. Yeah, there you go. 5G. <laughs> They're still using cellular uh, data, probably charging you guys like crazy for it. As a result of COVID, people have been utilizing it. If not, the Wi-Fi systems that you guys have, the, the cable, everything. Right. And uh, the recent report suggested that the Blue Jays viewership was up about 23 percent. So that's raking in more revenue, especially from Sportsnet. Again, this is without fans in the stadium. I'm not saying that they made money. They might not have because, again, attendance was definitely lacking in something that the Blue Jays rely on, but they def- they probably didn't lose money, and if they did, there are dividends elsewhere that they can sort of supplement that in. That being said, if other teams are behind the eight ball when it comes to revenue, it's going to be very difficult for them to sign free agents. I don't necessarily see the Blue Jays in that position. They should be primed and ready to strike and be willing to push because I don't think they lost as much revenue in comparison or relative to other right. ownership groups in the MLB. So, Brendan, do you do you agree? Do you think this is prime time? You're the Canadian here. You know yeah, what you're yeah. paying. I'm sure you have, Rogers. Oh, oh, oh I do. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, no, I, that's a good point. I never even thought of that before. Everybody, in fact, people probably definitely upgraded their internet packages because you were working from home and needed more reliable internet uh, and wanted stuff to watch on TV. Um, Not to mention all the streaming war crap. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah, streaming everything. So there was definitely no shortage of money going in the uh, Rogers' pockets, even if they did give a bit of a break to some people who couldn't pay their bills. Um, but yeah, I, I, I never thought of that, and I actually agree with it for sure. Like they're a company that is essential 
uh, and is government backed as well. I'm pretty sure there's that's why oh, there's such a monopoly. Sure. Oh yeah, Rogers <laughs> yeah. and Bell have a monopoly over people's internet and, and cellular devices here because I'm pretty sure the government has their hands in there too. So um, I do think that they're spectrum and time warner here in the states just. Yeah. Horizon, basically. So there's like three companies still. <laughs> oh, totally. so, yeah, I do think that uh, that's something I never thought of. It's something that'd be worth investigating. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if you know what, maybe with some increased viewership, uh, maybe they charge a little bit more for companies to still advertise on their TV channels. Yeah. Um, maybe they maybe lost a little bit of money, especially with all the money they poured into renovating Salem Field. But I wouldn't be surprised if they got a lot of that back after the season. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're the right. lights were donated. Come on. Yeah. Going back to freaking uh, Field of Dreams, probably as we're talking right now, is they probably didn't want them in Buffalo for the winter. Yeah. <laughs> and we're yeah. also talking about like postseason merch. That alone. Dude, I spent $40 on a fucking hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't it arrive after they were eliminated? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Still on my wall, though, but still, I, I'm there gladly paying for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Good shit. All right. Well, look, this has been a blast. That's all I have for you guys. Um, Blue Jays fans, if you are listening on the uh, podcast stream, we'd love to hear from you. You can hit us up on Twitter at BirdwatchingGC. Let us know what you think of what the Blue Jays' future holds. The offseason is here. I wouldn't expect anything in the immediate term, but this is where things start cooking, specifically in December. I don't know what they're going to do about the winter meetings, too. That might be up in the air in terms of, you know, the COVID protocols and whatnot. Maybe they'll bubble it. Maybe. they'd be. It's going to be the world's biggest Zoom meeting. Or that, yeah, if they were smart, <laughs> they, on the screen and shit. That'd be awesome. But then, then you have to worry about hackers. But look, if yeah. if they were smart, they would do it in Disney and quarantine and bubble it like the NBA did just for the winter meetings. I think that would be smart. But regardless, that aside, um, we appreciate you listening, whether you're watching us on the Twitter feed. Again, if you are, we do this podcast a lot on video on Twitter. You can find us again at Birdwatching GC. If you're not, we're on all your favorite podcatchers. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, Deezer, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast fixed from, that's where we are. And again, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, we'd appreciate it if you can take the time to give us five stars and a quick review. Helps us out a lot. Helps keep the you know us us engaged with you. Tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, how we can improve the product X Y Z, or if you're Canadian X Y Z. Um, <laughs> we appreciate it. But uh, guys, I want to wrap this up like we always do with oh, what's up? Thank you very much to the 122 listeners that actually listened oh, to us nice. live this evening. So apparently baseball is not dead yet for the year. At least I'm for Jaybird watching. We're good to go still. Um, coming shows, guys, we're going to eventually get into the MLB. Uh, well, not the, the Blue Jays year interview stuff here in the mm. short term, along with some other fun things that we have planned and cooked up for you. So just to give you that tease that we're not going away. We're here for you every week. Yeah, we're here. And uh Look, even with Blue Jays' lack of uh, viewership, we're not seeing them play. Day after the World Series, we still have a lot of topics that pertain to the Blue Jays. It doesn't end. So I'm sure the hot stove will be cooking all off season, And before you know it, spring training will be here. But we got a lot to get to before we get there. So that being said, two claps and Ric Flair. Let's go, Blue Jays. Woo! Let's, Let's go, go, Blue Jays. Jays.
Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.